think I'm doing those eyes. <laughs> I think I'm in love. It was terrifying. The pain, the, the fear of being eaten. I was drowning at the same time. I just accepted that I was going to die. Was there a bit of fandom for you when it came on? Oh, you huge. And I did not try to hide. <laughs> did not try to hide at all. Out of the box with Serge Negus on FBI. Massive thanks to Alex Pye for the epic morning of Sydney Culture and Music News. If you missed anything she played, you can head to fbiradio.com to catch up on mornings or any other program here on the station. Now, today I've got a very funny, very savvy guest with me. Mark Humphreys is a comedian and a presenter and a political satire beast who you know from shows like The Feed on SBS and The Roast on ABC, amongst much, much more. But uh, Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Serge. What a thrill. <laughs> Mate, look, something I always ask um, you know, people that are comically minded, I guess, that come in this show is you know were you always funny as a kid or were you a bit of a bore <laughs> i was very shy as a kid uh-huh. and until i learned one day that uh, loud people seem to get things done <laughs> <laughs> uh so i remember there was a kid in primary school who uh, was a complete rat bag and uh we're friends now but he was <laughs> a, he was a real chore and he used to just make a loud fuss about everything and just got his way over and over and over again and it wasn't until I, I learned to, I had the, I suddenly one day when he was he was flipping out about um, we're playing um, volleyball I think it was <laughs> um, you know in year five and he was he was screaming about you know the the ref you know our teacher had said the ball was out and he thought it was in and he was up and down and screaming screaming and I as this little shy kid just suddenly just felt myself say shut up Joel and, <laughs> and it was just. This sort of moment of kind of, I don't know, identity bursting through and people coming up to me for the rest of the day going, oh, I didn't know you had it in you and thank you for saying that. And so if I am too loud now, I apologise. It's just that I, there was a very, there was a loud mouth in my That's primary school. classic. <laughs> so it's about, it was about like, I guess, like getting what you want and like making your, your point made, I guess, yeah. like it heard, making your point heard. And seeing injustice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it was, you know, it was out or whatever the, you know, the thing that he was arguing against. Uh, so that was, that, that was sort of a, a moment for me, but uh, man, I, I, I didn't think I was a particularly funny kid, but um, uh, I, I've, I've found that my comedy, a lot of it has come from anger, and I mean that in a positive way, just, just when you are frustrated with something or something doesn't seem right, that trying to channel it into a, some sort of comedic thought is quite a good way of conveying that anger rather than just saying, shut up, Joel. For sure. Yeah. I think that's like something that everyone could take on board and probably <laughs> use for, in a positive way in their life. Just, yeah, figuring out a way in which you can turn what is seemingly like perceived by many people as a bad thing into a good thing, yes. right? Yes, That's fantastic. And Abby, where did you grow up, actually? I grew up in the, the northern suburbs of Sydney and so um, very kind of un- sort of uh, uneventful childhood I suppose is mm-hmm. what I would say nothing particularly dramatic uh, no, no no so I guess you've had to create your own interest and own fun and then I guess because your, your childhood was seemingly so I guess average it was pretty, yeah it was it was lovely it was lovely I should say I was very lucky privileged to have an uneventful childhood yeah <laughs> I, had, I had nice parents 
and um, yes, but nothing, nothing crazy. No problems. <laughs> just pretty, pretty cruisy, really. Pretty yes. cruisy Aussie existence. Yes. And, and I guess it, has that has that influenced you in some way in terms of the type of uh, comedy that you like to to make? I guess. Well, I think I'm conscious of the fact that so many people have not had that experience, and so I, I am trying to. I think that's quite often why I will send up privileged characters or um, conservatives or kind of snobby people because it's sort of well not that I didn't not that I grew up in a snobby environment but mm. I, I just I do feel like you know I'm a straight white male and your, your traditional kind of symbol of privilege and uh, so I guess I'm trying to I don't know atone for that on some level <laughs> and sure. just but and just acknowledging it and, and realizing that that is not the the norm well I guess you also like you had that perspective to be able to see uh, I guess the privilege and so now you're able to comment on it having I guess a perspective on both sides in, in many ways and I mean a, a lot of people don't see that yet so it's a big issue that needs to be tackled and I guess that's what you're doing with your work right yeah and I think I've become more aware of it working at SBS um, and so in the last since I started doing comedy it's just it's just been a, a learning process and I'm still learning and you and you still you know it's so interesting with Twitter it's suddenly it's a platform for so many people to be able to express themselves and to realize all these things that have been going on under the surface that people you just not I know that I wasn't aware of mm. growing mm. up and so I think things like you know trans issues or might be things to do with um, indigenous Australians it's it's all a learning process and I'm lucky to be in a building where there's a lot of people that can sort of help you um see those other perspectives and so yeah it's it's a, it's an evolution for sure well it's, it's fascinating stuff you're listening to mark humphries with me serge negus on fbi radio on out of the box now look we've got to get onto the music because this is a, a combination of music and kind of interview it's a bit of a weird one this one but i mean <laughs> what what music are you going to bring on i mean i, I mean I can imagine thinking about you, uh, a bit of disco maybe sort of stuff. Are you <laughs> yeah. into a bit of disco? What, what, what is it that you like most? Dis- disco is, that is my bag. Uh, disco is just pure. Most of what you'll hear today is a reflection of joy. I yeah. just love joyful music. Not in any kind of like um, spiritual sense, just more in uh, like disco is just, it's just great beats. It's just, it's fun. It's yep. just pure fun. And so I uh, really got into disco in um, high school and my I did uh, drama for the HSC. And so for my final year performance, you had to do a, an individual piece. I did a piece about a former king of the disco uh, turned king of the discounts. And, <laughs> and he has this sort of kind of nervous breakdown as he's selling a disco compilation CD and um, anyway uh, sorry that, that's a, <laughs> a non sequitur <laughs> just, just, just came back into my mind but anyway that's where it sort of started and um, when I, I went to uni at UTS mm-hmm. and I started the UTS Disco Society no way um, that is classic I and, love that uh, yeah and so we we went to a couple of concerts and we had a couple of like disco bowling and things like that And but yeah as I say it just represents pure joy and Chic is just has just the greatest beats in the world of disco. Nile Rogers is a genius, and um, so I think my first track might be "Good Times" by Chic.
listening to Out of the Box on FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest today is comedian, presenter and political satirist from the feed, Mark Humphreys. Now, look, Mark, I mean, did you always have a vision of, I guess, creating comedy that had some kind of social commentary and, you know, like spoke a lot about politics or was that just something that happened kind of as you got into the field? Just happened as, as we went because I, I started... Uh, my first break was, was on a show called The Roast and it was a daily news comedy show originally it was just a two-minute show um which is really not a show uh, <laughs> and uh, and then it grew to a whole 10 minutes um and it was that process of looking at the news every day and over time coming to because I, I think early on we used to just do stories that seemed kind of funny that seemed like they had avenues for comedy and i'm still open to that but over time it became clear that what actually mattered was politics and that if you wanted to um, if you wanted the comedy to not feel sort of frivolous mm. uh, it, it had to be talking about something of stu- of substance and so that's where the show then started going down a more political angle and then I and I because I was not really interested in politics and I think truth be told if I weren't doing what I'm doing I don't know if I'd follow it as closely as I do because I do find it very depressing yeah uh, so I think you're not alone there <laughs> yeah that's it so um, but yeah it, 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 it's important so that it felt like we needed to be saying things about important stuff rather than just you know I can remember stories about there was a toilet paper shortage in Venezuela that was became a whole segment that we did once which to the people of Venezuela, probably was very important. Yeah. So I, I, I shouldn't dismiss it. But um, but for an Australian audience, yeah, it was it just felt it was a logical step to go down that path. And of course, like at the same time, like you're you're highlighting this through a comedic means, but in actual fact, you're highlighting how there is an issue with government there where people are getting stuffed over. Yeah. You know, when when over something that seems so ludicrous, but it is real for them. So it's mm. like you're hi- highlighting it in a way that people can connect to in, in many senses because people can connect to comedy and, and politics in a way that they can't connect to politics generally, I think. I hope so. I, hope so. I don't know. I, I, I've never really spoken to people about what, what it does for them to, to engage with. Because I know that a lot of people engage with politics almost purely through comedy. Mm. Um, and 
on some level, I must sort of dissuade people from doing that, but um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, because we're not, you know, we're not the news. Um, Yeah, so uh, I I don't have a better answer than that. No, for sure. But I mean, I guess maybe like, you know, it's like people potentially take it too seriously, I guess, when it's um, when it's when it's all funny. But like in actual fact, it is. you know, such a serious topic, but mm. people can then kind of look at it as a joke sometimes, I guess, with comedy. So it's like a fine line, I guess, that you're treading, right, all the time. Yes. I, I think a, a mistake that can be made quite easily is just sort of um, making light of something that you're, you're trying... When you're trying to mm. satirize something, you really... It's... it's Yeah, I, I, I can't think of a specific example, but I know that there, there are times where you you write a line and you think, oh, am I actually just part of the problem there if mm. I write that line? And I think sometimes, like, you might... Um, I know if you, if you... Sometimes I've seen things where people are trying to satirize racism or sexism and and sometimes it actually almost just ends up replicating the thing that it's supposed to be yeah. sending up. And it has the best intention, but mm. um, that's a kind of fine line yeah. there as well. How difficult is it for you to, to navigate that line? And like, do you have support networks around you to be able to kind of bounce off to figure these sort of things out? Um, if anything, we're not, if we're not sure about anything, yeah, we certainly, because you know, the, the feed is quite a large team, but really I, I, I all the writing I do is with my um, co-writer, Evan Williams. And so we've been doing this long enough and we, we went through the whole process with, like when we worked at the ABC, the ABC Legal Department, um, I'm sure you'd be aware as well, is really, uh, you know, they're really on top of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're very quick to tell you, you know, areas that should be avoided and things that need to be rephrased. And so that was quite a good discipline to, to go through. But as I say, we're surrounded by, you know, a, a diverse group of people. And so if there ever is anything that we're not sure about, we can certainly ask people. But generally speaking, I'm not trying to you know, stir up trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But what what are you trying to do though? Like, are you, do you want to create some kind of change, or what kind of effect do you want to have with your, with your comedy? Now, I'm I'm trying to work out now if there is a more um, effective use of what I'm doing because I'm. I mean, I hate to kind of bring the tone down, but I'm really concerned about where the world's going, mm. and I've never been more concerned than I than I am now. Mm. Uh, I think we're in trouble on, in so many areas. And one of the big areas, I think, is the kind of whole bubble thing of left and right. And I, um, time and time again, I just see people pushing each other away. And there, the number of times I see, for instance, on Twitter, just disagreements that, that come out of... So I realize this is not funny. Sorry, I just no, I should apologize. Just, just, uh, <laughs> people expect us serious stuff on these shows. Okay, so don't worry about right. it at all. Um, but, um, we do have some fun songs coming <laughs> later on. Um, so, but yeah, no, I just, I just see disagreements often coming out of people who are acting out of their best you know, good intentions, or sometimes they're just ignorant of things. You know, we don't all know everything. It's you know, life is a process of making mistakes and learning. And what I'm seeing a lot less of is people reaching out to each other and helping them to see another perspective. Mm. What I'm seeing more of is public shaming and just tearing people down for using the wrong words or, um, you know, having an ignorant view or what have you. I, I can't, I, and I'm, I'm sure that I know that I've been guilty of that. And so mm. I'm trying to work out, is there a way to do comedy that can 
you know, uh, lift point people. out, yeah, lift people exactly. Still point out the absurdities, but is there a way to bring kind of people together? I know it sounds yeah. awfully naive, but no, but it's. Yeah. I mean, like I know what you mean. There's this toxic environment that ex- exists within the media and within the um, political world at the moment that seems almost impossible to reverse. I guess, like, do you think? How do you think it's going to change? Do you think it'll take a particular? world leader or do you think it'll take what do you think it'll take to change the dynamic yeah i wonder whether it will take some sort of centrist um yeah some uh, yeah i wonder if it if it it, will come down to some sort of you know symbol a Mm. person possibly um i or whether there'll be so much kind of awfulness that it will reach a kind of collective breaking point um yeah, I think, um, especially as we see cyberbullying leading to so much... Um, well, suicide exactly. and different things, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I think, you know, I feel like we're going to see... I'm terrified we're going to see a lot more of that. And mm. I, my hope is that, it's, the, that, that, that that is a sort of trigger for us to have a collective awakening of we need to work out how we interact with each other. Well, I'm sure we can all agree with you there, Mark. Now, look, moving forward again, bring bring the light back up with your <laughs> amazing list of disco songs. <laughs> what are you going to chuck on for us next for, for with your disco playlist here for us today? <laughs> well, I've got a, I, I mean, I've, I've got I've got something for everyone. I'd like to think uh, in this playlist. <laughs> um, well, I'll go with something which is sort of related. It's uh, can we get, can we have some teardrops by Womack and Womack because for sure this is. I think you'd agree it's the greatest song of all time. It's an amazing song. I love this song. So let's definitely put it on now. You're listening to Out of the Box FBI Radio. My guest today is Mark Humphries, and we'll be back after this.
You're listening to Out of the Box FBI Radio. My guest on the show today is Mark Humphreys. He's a political satirist, presenter. You might know him from the feed. Now, look, mate, um, I guess something I've been thinking about it, for someone like yourself uh, in the industry of, you know, kind of comedy and politics, uh, you know, these days, I mean, with people like Trump in office and various other pretty funny politicians going around that seem to be constantly putting their feet in their own mouths. I mean, with basically the headlines being comedy these days. I mean, how do you build on that as a political satirist? Yeah, that, 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 that is the challenge. Um, I mean, the best, I guess the best way I can think to answer it is to just give like a specific example. Mm-hmm. Um, so one sketch Evan and I did last year was when Donald Trump tweeted a video of him wrestling a guy with a CNN head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was so beyond anything that we could have imagined Trump would do. It was so <laughs> absurd. How do you be more ridiculous than that? And and our solution to that was to not be more ridiculous, but to actually take it incredibly seriously and treat it as something real. And so that's why what we did in the sketch is that I then played um, the man with this pixelated CNN head. And so we made this absurd farce of a kind of Photoshop GIF thing that he put out there into a real world, made that into a real person. And so uh, I guess, yeah, so for that example, it was, I guess, on some level heightening the absurdity, but by treating it as something uh, very um, serious and and, and real and, and not absurd. Um, so it's kind of a case-by-case basis. There, are, As far as Trump is concerned, there's just too much. There's mm. just way too much that he's doing. And I generally leave it to the American shows mm-hmm. to, to tackle um, him, unless there's an Australian angle or unless you just have the, the right idea uh, for, to, for how to... Um, tackle it but yeah i guess the problem as well is when they when those headlines are so inherently ridiculous yes how do you be more (laughs) funny than that um but also how do you do anything that that kind of um has any sort of yeah how does it how does it have any kind of worth yeah impact when everyone already sees it as ridiculous (laughs) exactly that's it so i don't know if i have solved that conundrum yet i just sort of take it on a case-by-case yeah, basis yeah. sure do you have any um i guess like favorite characters or topics um you know in the australian political sphere that you like to always take the mickey out of? i, I was very sad that nick xenophon decided to leave the senate because there's just one clip of him in the <laughs> tiny child's car which i have used in <laughs> i don't know a dozen sketches over the last four years so <laughs> so that's a bit of a sad one so, um <laughs> Bob Catter, obviously. I mean, it's like I don't want to say I don't want to say I like Bob Catter. I mean, you know, he's uh, there's something endearing about. There's him. something yeah. amusing about. Yeah. yeah, I've always enjoyed. Yeah, his way of and and we saw and and it was so great when there was that clip where we we finally we saw it in in, in full force. But he's always been very good at starting starting off with a kind of <laughs> kind of laughter and then getting very you know that that shift. He's always done that. But then there was that clip last year where he was just yeah in you know in in, in a flash. So. Uh, I've got a lot of time for that. And that clip, that's the clip you're talking about with the croc- crocodiles on it? Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's exactly so right. So this is where basically he was, he, what was he being serious about? He was being serious about... I think it was to do with same-sex marriage. Yeah, and then he just went bang and, and went, but then every three months uh, someone's eaten by a crocodile in, in <laughs> Queensland, which is obviously totally bullshit. The, um, <laughs> well, he's, you know, he's looking out for his, you know, his, his voters. But um, yeah, so he, those, those two stand out for me. I'm trying to think of if there's anyone else that I... 
kind of enjoy um what about like i mean just even like abbott like eating an onion and with skin on it all that kind of stuff like i mean he's pretty funny even though he doesn't want to be you know yeah i think he's kind of just getting in the way <laughs> i sort of there's i i i have this feeling of just like because the people sort of always say oh you must love mm. these characters and they provide you with so much material but what i always say is at the end of the day i'm still a citizen of the world and if they are destructive and if they are making things difficult or they're putting out you know hateful views or things like that i i don't i don't need that mm. you know mm. i I'm, I'm willing to say i'm happy to i'm happy to not have a, a sketch idea if it means we can have tolerant you know discourse <laughs> fair enough i think that's a good way to look at it definitely mark now uh look moving on to the music again song number four what do we what do we got today oh, are we up to song number three what are we up to no we're up to four um how many have we played now i think we've done two two yeah so let's can i just pick do i just yeah, yeah just pick one? whatever you want uh well let's go with uh let's go with client liaison um because this is i, I gotta admit i'm really ignorant of of <laughs> of, of music I, okay. I just don't know anything about music which is why all my tastes are really really old mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and client liaison is the first australian group in my lifetime, like a contemporary group mm. that I've actually really embraced and gone and seen live. I think these guys are fantastic. And mm. then when I, then they, they did a playlist uh, for a magazine, I think, uh, of songs that they loved. And then on their playlist, it was all these songs that I loved, including Teardrops by Womack and Womack. Uh, so I feel a real affinity for these guys. And they also have a political angle to a lot of their stuff as well. Their first song on their latest album was called uh, Canberra Won't Be Calling Tonight and features a little bit of question time in the in the song uh but anyway this this song i first heard um when i was trying to send up the greens campaign launch last year uh and the, they as the song they had for their launch was um world of our love and that's what we're gonna hear now <laughs>
This is Out of the Box and FBI Radio. My name is Seth Negus. My guest today is comedian, presenter and political satirist Mark Humphreys from The Feed on SBS. Now, look, you know, we've been we've been talking a bit about, obviously, the political side of things, but on a more personal level, I mean, I know that putting the segments together that you put together, you know, you, you've got short timelines and there's a lot of content that goes into them and, a, you know, a lot, of, a lot of thought process that has to go into figuring out whether you're doing the right thing. I mean, how do you manage the stress of, of, of that? Um... We're, Evan and I are very specific about we must eat at 11. Uh, so food is a big thing for me. Uh, so we have very early lunch. That, 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 that certainly helps. Fear is a great motivator. That's what really kind of gets the work done. Fear of failure is what um, drives us every single day. Uh, every day I, don't, I, I start, this, you know, we get in at about quarter to eight in the morning and uh, it's got to be on air that night at uh, 7.30 and uh, yeah, it's just this this fear that drives us the whole time. So in terms of stress management, um, I'm very lucky to be working with a, a very good friend and someone who uh, we're on the same page. We bring different things to our work, but it's I'm very lucky to have such a great collaborator in in in, in Evan. And so I think that's probably what gets me through. Um, the most is just having a friend that can is is really a brilliant writer and if i you know it usually happens that if one of us is rarely are we both having an off day yeah. so it's it's really nice that if i'm not feeling it evan will have an idea that i can then spark off and hopefully vice versa so um collaboration i'm a big fan of and we have a we also have worked with amazing shooter editors and, and, and people and graphics people and we've got wonderful producers but we have one shooter editor in particular named chloe angelo who is just an absolute gun she's so fast and she's so creative uh, a real genius with the camera and how she puts something together and you know under awful deadlines and, and pressure how, how, how long are we, like, late are we talking here like, <laughs> okay. what's the latest you've seen her put something together for you um, well I mean there's several times where the show is air is on the show is on wow and she okay. is exporting the, the, the video <laughs> um, so that's happened and it shouldn't happen I apologise I do apologise <laughs> we really do try to get it done, yeah, done yeah. quicker but generally speaking we try to be filming by two and ideally finished filming by four four thirty mm-hmm. so the editor can have at least two hours to put it together, but that is really not much time at all. Um, and again, we're just fortunate that they are just complete guns. For sure. Well, look, uh, we're going to get onto the music again because unfortunately we are running slowly out of time. But um, what song are you going to play for us next? Uh, I'm a big fan of Eurovision. As okay. I say, I'm big. You know, I just love Joy, and I was really fortunate last year to. Um, there was this brief window where Julia Zemiro and Sam Pang had. Um, left the seats vacant they were no longer going to be commentators and SBS hadn't yet announced Miff and um, Joel and they needed to announce who was Australia's artist for 2017 and because I'd made it quite clear over the years that I'm a big Eurovision guy uh, I got uh, tapped on the shoulder and it was just an absolute joy and so I got to announce Isaiah um, and uh, it, it was just a thrill to see him perform live and then to, you know to proudly watch on tv as he went and represented us um, overseas so um yeah, his song don't come easy will always uh, hold a special place in my heart <laughs> <laughs> amazing i can tell by your eyes you want more than this but can we be much more beyond these sheets no i don't 
don't wanna mess with your head. But my love, it's hard to love again. It don't come easy, and it don't come cheap. Been burned too many times to love easily. But it don't come easy. It don't come cheap. No, not with me. I used to move in fast to erase my past. But it never works. No, it never lasts. No. In my mind, I gotta get this right. Slow before I jump this time. No, it don't come easy. No, it don't come cheap. Been burned too many times to love easily. Don't mistake me. My love runs deep, but it don't come easy. It don't come cheap. No, not with me. And if you think. I've got a heart of stone. You couldn't be more wrong. Oh, you might think I've been afraid to love, afraid of love, but it don't come easy. Too many. been listening to Out of the Box FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest today has been comedian, presenter and political satirist from the feed, Mark Humphreys. Now, look, Mark, before we wrap up, you know, you got to tell us a little bit about what you've got going on on the feed this year. I guess like kind of like, you know, what's in store for the show, but also what you really want to tackle when it comes to topics. Well, I haven't told... Uh, the feed this but I would like them to send me to Eurovision <laughs> <laughs> fair enough but failing that I will settle for maybe doing another budget, budget lock up um, last year oh, I got to God. do the budget lock up budget lock up is <laughs> torture uh, having, having been I mean, oh you've been I, I, I could imagine you could you could find some comedy gold in there but uh, it's uh, whoa. when did you when did you go I went in 2015 maybe right yeah, yeah. so I, I went last year for the first time and I loved it I really yeah. enjoyed it yeah. what was it that you loved about because it, just to explain to our listeners what the budget lock-up it is, it's where basically, it's it's like Christmas for journos, yes. uh, political journos, where you get locked up in Parliament House and you get given the budget before it's actually announced um, by the you know by the government. And uh, 
you get to go through all of this and you're supposed to file the content to basically put it into the papers or put it onto television as it's announced by the government at around like 7.30 or something That's at right. night. So you spend all day in there and you go through all this stuff and it's pretty ridiculous. There are a bunch of old excited journos and they obviously, I feel like there were guys there that like don't actually work at journalism but they just can't stop going like, <laughs> since they lost their jobs, you know, like it's that kind of vibe. Well, what do you feel about it? Uh, well, just because I've always felt very outside of mm-hmm. that whole sphere because I've always been you know, commenting on politics but I'm not part of it in any way. Yeah. I don't have politicians politicians in my sketches or anything i'm always a little anxious about how that's perceived so um that was the first time that i was actually in canberra you know not on a school trip Uh, (laughs) and so just to be surrounded by those journos whose work you consume every day uh and whose work you often you know are incorporating into your own uh it was was a thrill and for them and to to find out that they had been watching what i was doing was 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 thrilling great um so yeah it was just um yeah and you felt i don't know it was a weird buzz of oh i've got the budget early as if anyone (laughs) cares but um but we had yeah so we had to make a segment in there and that was actually a crazy experience because budget you know the lockup ends at 7 30 and you can't there's no internet there's no you can't contact anyone you can't tweet can't do anything and so we had to make our segment meanwhile the feed airs at 7 30 so we've got to get and we've been told okay your segment will be the last thing on the, the show so we've got to export the video from parliament house to uh the feed in sydney you know within that half hour and we had this special dongle <laughs> uh to use and of course 7 30 comes put the dongle in it doesn't work and it just became this chaotic thing of literally running through Parliament House with a laptop, um, trying to get to the press gallery to then go to the SBS studio there and, and export it through another means. And you know, myself and Evan and our shooter editor that, that day, you know, Yasmin Bright, we're, we're running through Parliament House and, and uh, Evan almost knocks over Annabelle Crabb and, and I, <laughs> at a certain point, we have to go through, we have to show our security passes and I've, I've dropped mine. I'm like, you just go ahead, just go without me. You just save the segment. Um, <laughs> so, uh, great learning experience. Hopefully don't replicate that this year. But yeah, I'd be up for that again. Um, so yeah, in terms of this year, yeah, uh, to be honest, more of the same. <laughs> Fantastic, mate. Well, look, I definitely look forward to seeing that one. So you got to tune into the feed when that does come out. When, when is it again? It's in March. The, uh, the, the budget lockup is in it. Or uh, like that. Is it Ma- March? Usually May. 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 Yeah. Well, you got a little while to wait for that, but you guys are going to be back on air when? Very uh, soon, start actually. Of, start of February, I think. Early February. Yeah. Well, fantastic. We're tuning, guys. And uh, look, Mark, thank you so much for coming on Out of the Box. What's the last song you're going to put on for us today? Oh, it's an Australian icon. It's Peter Allen. Uh, this is his most upbeat, fun song. It's called Bi Coastal. I just love it. Fantastic. Coming up next is Lunch with my Billick. Stick around for that. And a uh, big thanks to my producer, Nicole DePalo. And uh, I'll be back next week. See ya. <laughs>
you hit the streets at midnight Still dancing after dawn But something seems to be missing Just what are you running from? Do you like your love in the dark Or laid out in the sun? When you can't make up your mind Don't you know what you become? Why, folks don't miss the natural speed of the city Oh